friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast, ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Hello, friends, and welcome to this Friday edition of Tim and Friends. Tim McCall, my friend Jesse Rubinoff is here, and we have got what we believe to be two hours of edutainment for your viewing pleasure. Nate Burleson dropping by to hit up the Chiefs and Chargers Thursday nighter, as well as get you set for week number two in the National Football League with someone I think just might be the best football analyst in the country. Though I may be, but I still can't believe that the host of CBS Mornings remains our NFL analyst. Crazy. <laughs> Which country? Maybe North America is the best analyst in. Ooh, he comes look here. at Rubinoff. He is on CBS Mornings. He's also on CBS. Yeah. He's also on Nickelodeon. Yeah. I think when Nate retires from us, though, I'll replace him with Al Roker. <laughs> All right, speaking of football, nice. Justin Junk joins me from uh, Regina. We are going to talk uh, football of the Canadian variety a day after Brampton's Josh Palmer cut a touchdown for the Chargers. And on a day where the Winnipeg Jets made some significant news, Mark Shifley will be our guest from the NHL Media Day in Henderson, Nevada. We'll talk to him about Blake Wheeler being stripped of his captaincy in Manitoba's capital and maybe discuss that also in First Things First. All that plus my friend and yours, Cabral Richards, joins us in studio. And Jesse, it's just a coincidence that yeah. he's showing up in studio immediately after his SN Bets Collective went 2-0 and in our first week of head-to-head picks against the Spurs. Just coincidence, right? Yeah, I mean, he's got to flex on us because it's the last week that they're going to be ahead, so, you know. Snap, Jesse, talking with absolute confidence that I may or may not have. (laughs) We'll see. We'll try and bounce back with our picks later in the second hour. And the Jays try to bounce back after dropping the finale of their five-game series against the Rays 11-0 yesterday. Orioles in town for three starting today. And if you're wondering what up with the O's, We'll find out with Arden Swelling of the At The Letters podcast live from the Dome in about an hour's time from now. Also of note, you can find the game Apple TV Plus at 7.07 p.m. Eastern Time, 4.07 Pacific, as the Jays continue their three-game set with Baltimore tomorrow at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific, back on Sportsnet and Sportsnet. Now, please don't shoot the manager. Apple paid for those rights from our partners at Major League Baseball. Got it good and since you understood. Now you know what's going on. Let's begin the festivities with first things first. All right. Let's set the scene, Thomas Steen. First things first. All right. Let's begin to set the scene with the Toronto Blue Jays, who open a weekend set with the Orioles tonight at Rogers Center. The game is exclusively available, as Timmy just said, on Apple TV+. It's a bullpen game for the Jays, with Trevor Richards getting the start despite throwing 29 pitches in yesterday's loss to the Rays. Tim, what is your confidence level heading into yet another bullpen game tonight? Not too much, Jesse. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. I really thought yesterday was a blown opportunity, a lost opportunity. The kind of game that great teams win and good to really good teams let slip from their fingertips. And I've I've been pretty positive on this team for most of the year. But I thought that yesterday was a real chance for the Jays to put their stamp on not only the back half of the season under John Schneider. 
I thought it was a stamp to put on. I mean, they still have the most wins in the month. So I'm not completely pooping all over the Bluebirds. What I'm saying is great teams can finish that. They had not only the Rays against the ropes, but they also had the Baltimore Orioles against the ropes, and they let them off the hook. And lo and behold, you go into this game, and it's Trevor Richards who threw 29 pitches, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. facing the Orioles who can now climb within four games of you in the wild card. Like, the Jays have no other option but Richards, maybe Merriweather, and then, like, is it Kikuchi? Yeah. Like, the bulk bulk. of the innings are going to go to Yusei Kikuchi. If he can get through them. You have no other choice in a game as big as this one than to go to... And listen, how many times did I sit here and say, Jesse, I don't mind you trotting out Yusei Kikuchi every five days, see if he can regain... Now's the time that you don't trot him out, seeing if he can regain it, and yet there's no other choice. Like Casey Lawrence, Thomas Hatch, like those are your best chances to win an important game like this i'll just give you this stat when the jays start one of their big four manoa gossman stripling or barrios they're 67 and 38 when they start anybody else they're 14 and 26 a significant difference ridiculous it's ridiculous i mean they you know they they put themselves behind the eight ball a little bit we've we've talked about this ad nauseum almost the trade deadline was the opportunity to fix that, and they didn't address it. Mm-hmm. And now you're stuck in a situation where you're going up against a team that you need to hold off with a guy that you don't have any confidence that in. No one they, they have no confidence yeah, in. That no one trusts. And listen, you, you can't. You, you might get through this, mm-hmm. right? You might still make the playoffs. And then do you need that fifth starter? Probably not. Right. You're not going to go to him unless it's blowout one way or another. So, like, I get, I get the risk that the Jays took, but we had Ross Atkins on the show. We asked him if he was confident with the starting pitching depth in the organization, and he said yes, and here we are on this uh, September 16th as I look at my computer to make sure that I've got the right date because I'm old enough to not know what the date is. And you're going with Yusei Kikuchi for the bulk of these innings in a very important game, and I think that's a failure. I don't think, uh, not knowing what date it is is an age thing you think so well i think the average person forgets the date all the time what's the significance of the date i don't know i think it was the president of the united states i saw someone forget the date or ask for the oh it was uh it was prince charles now king charles i guess yes yes. forgetting the date yes and people were all over him like i do that every day on this show it's not easy yeah i can't remember the date uh alejandro kirk out for the third straight game uh we asked joe siddle yesterday are you worried he said yes are you worried jesse rubinoff because i'm a little bit worried that one of the big pieces of this offense is uh not available for a third straight game I'm worried, but I do think the fact that they've been playing some good baseball over the last little while uh, buys them some time with Alejandro Kirk, and they have also proven that they can play well without him, uh, despite the fact that he is a valuable piece in this lineup. They've been playing good baseball, and I think because they're up five games, although that can disappear quickly, uh, they have bought themselves a little bit of leeway here when it comes to letting him heal up. You want him healthy for, I know we, we say how much these games matter, and they do, it now looks like they're going to get into the postseason, so you want him healthy back. I don't think they're healing him up. I think that if he was good to go, he would be playing. 
So you think it's it, like he's legitimately, legitimately hurt? Yeah, I think there's something here. And I think that if he was not going, you know, like if you were worried about um, further damage or whatever, you have to sit him out. Because if he was good, he would be playing. Yeah. Joe's point about him being a catcher, the hip seems like it is a, a monumental part of the body when but it comes to being DH-ing. a catcher. It's not, it's, well, yeah. He, he would have to run the bases. Right. And he's had hip injuries before. Anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll monitor this one. And again, Jays still have the most wins in the majors this month. They're 11-4 and four this month. We'll see if they can get through. If they can get through this one, I think it'll ease a lot of pressure. You'll be, what, uh, up to five games ahead of the Baltimore Orioles going into a weekend. Uh, six, six with the win. Yeah. Excuse me. They're yeah. five right now. Six with the win. Um, and you'd have the, the benefit of the doubt of the two starters going. Baseball, anything can happen, and we've seen it with these two. You don't expect any fireworks, do you? Like, no. There's no Baker nonsense in this series, no. is there? It's too important now. Okay. That's, that's for the middle of May. Again, I know it just happened, but it's more for the middle of May. Yeah, you put that one June. in the back pocket and wait yeah. for it. We win the game now. Now it's all about wins and losses. Uh, all right, Arden Zwelling is coming up a little bit later to talk more Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We will go to the NFL. We expected a, a barn burner. Not sure it was much of a barn burner last night, but Kansas City improved to 2-0 with a 27-24 win over the Chargers last night. Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert suffered a rib injury in the fourth quarter but remained in the game, leading the team to a late touchdown and the backdoor cover. Uh, there has since been an update on Herbert. Uh, Brandon Staley says Justin Herbert has a fracture to his rib cartilage, and good news, better than having a fracture of his bone. He is day-to-day. Uh, were you surprised that he stayed in the game last night? We're all the day-to-day, Jesse. I, I found it odd that uh, you, would, uh, yeah, you, <laughs> you would risk this guy in this spot in week two. I know it's an important division game. I know you're trying to prove where you are, and I'm sure that he would have a say in whoever decides um, whether or not he's going to stay in a game. I, I thought uh, I thought Roger Sherman's tweet uh, hit the mark. He said Justin Herbert really risked his entire NFL future, so your Chargers plus three and a half bet could hit in the backdoor cover, which is what a lot of people were watching for late in this one. But the real answer is uh, you can't play Chase Daniel. I don't know if you know this, but Chase Daniel is the backup quarterback uh, of the Chargers, and he's earned $41 million over 13 NFL seasons, and he's not allowed to play. He started five games in his career. If you break that down, Chase Daniel has been paid $8.2 million per start and $230,000 per completed pass. The real reason that Justin Herbert stayed in that game was not to get a win in week two. It was to make sure that these Chase Daniel stats remained intact. That's so good. That's what, I mean, what a life. What a great career. What a gig. Oh. What a gig. I wish. No, all of us wish. Everyone thought the best job ever yeah. was kicker in the NFL. No, it's Chase Daniel. Yeah. I thought last night the, the Herbert play, which was on the ensuing drive after the back-to-back hits, which led to the injury where he ran out of the pocket, had a clear first down opportunity to run for it. Threw it away. And threw it away, and, and that that was the moment where I was like, wow, this guy is really, really hurt. He should probably come out of the game. Didn't. Chargers covered. And Josh Palmer scored a touchdown pass. Shout out so, Brampton. Shout out, shout out Brampton. Uh, I also want to get to Patrick Mahomes, who um, struggled, I think, at times yesterday. They were 1-5 uh, on get, third and three. Get out of here with this. And I saw this, and I'm not saying it to you, but I saw it way too much. Like, 
Do you guys know that Khalil Mack and 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 whatever Bosa? Is oh, they're in, good defense. Yeah, yeah that's they a really good Derwin defense. He's flying all over the place. Kerwin James is good. They like and they still were able to put up points. And they were like they had. This is a division game where you understand your opponent, understand what he does well. And I thought you saw this. I thought Mahomes did enough. He got bailed out. Both defenses were pretty good. And I think Jalen Watson and his 99-yard interception literally and figuratively stole the show Mm -hmm. for the Kansas City Chiefs. But to expect Patrick Mahomes to go off like that against every team, especially in the division, is near ridiculous. I'm okay with the game that he played. You probably want better. You probably want more. And as a guy who owns Travis Kelsey and Clyde Edwards-Alaire in his pool, I wanted more. (laughs) But I'm going to sit here and tell you that Patrick Mahomes was just fine. He doesn't need to carry them every game. He got the win, although shout out Jalen Watson. And I don't want to screw up my Watsons. Yeah, that pick, uh, the only pick six this century in the red zone in the fourth quarter of a tied game, which I thought was a, a pretty crazy statistic. Sorry, it's the, say that again. The only pick six this century, so in the last 22 years, uh-huh. in the red zone in the fourth quarter of a tied game. So you've got to go the other way with it mm-hmm. for it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, Herbert will now get that. It feels like uh, that guy has the biggest knob on a right-handed stick with the... Like was born on a Thursday. Yeah, was born four, on a Thursday. Yeah. Shoots right-handed. <laughs> sure. A little bit, maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe I was reaching there a little bit. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's good when you first hear it. And it's like, it's pretty specific. A little bit. Yeah, it has to be a tie game. Got to go the other way. Yeah, I got you. Uh, the good news for Herbert is that he will have 10 days to heal up before a week three date with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Someone whispered in my ear after I said, knob on the stick, careful. So. Yes. All right. Uh, Nate I meant like, you know, it's you, you know, like the tape and the knob. And yeah, no, yeah. People talk about how they tape their sticks. Yeah. And whatever. Peter Klima. Yeah. Let's move on. I got you. <clears throat> Uh, let's go to hockey now. Yeah. Blake Wheeler right. is no longer the captain of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. The team announced today that hey, look at his stick. they would play the upcoming season without a specific captain, but rather a group of assistants still to be determined. Wheeler had served as captain since 2016. He and his new head coach, Rick Bonus addressed the decision earlier today. Well, there's some surprise, I think, um, you know, to... You know, having kind of your first conversation with a new coach was was surprising, but um, I've had uh, had time to let it sink in. With a new staff, it's it's a good time to take a look at the changing the leadership of the room as well. They're all very disappointed what went on last year, but th- that's behind us. So now we have changes, um, and that just included the way we we're going to go about the leadership of the team. We're a family here. And that's what I'm trying to tell them. Like, we're all in this fight together every day. We're a family, and we all have to be held accountable. I don't need a letter on my jersey. You know, I think there was a time in my career where that validation was important to me. Um, I don't need that anymore. You know, um, I'm I'm really looking forward to watching. You know, a lot of the guys that I've had a privilege watching kind of grow up, um, step into sort of an expanded role and. Um, you know, if you think that uh, because of this, I'm just going to fade into the back and, and not be a leader on this team, you know, you're sorely mistaken. You cool with this decision? There's a few things that jumped out here that kind of sort of rubbed me the wrong way. One was Rick Bonus having to stand in front of the media in, you know, his first few 
uh, options in front of the mm-hmm. uh, assembled masses and have to talk about stripping captaincy away from Blake Wheeler. Having Bla- I know Blake Wheeler is not afraid of the media, and he probably wanted to go answer the questions because that's the type of dude he is. But it just felt weird to have both of them talking to the media. And we'll talk to Mark Shifley about it a little later on in today's show. But Jets fans really wanted answers after last season was done. They were mad. They heard all these rumors. You got Pierre-Luc Dubois' agent talking to French-language media, suggesting he wants out. You've had all of the bickering that you have heard from the media. Was this the answer to the questions that Jets fans were asking because it looks like it is. I don't, I don't care if, if it's Wheeler or not, but the fact that you took the C off of his chest tells your fans that it was this dude's problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if it is or it isn't. The optics of this appear as though Blake Wheeler is the scapegoat for what happened last year. Yeah. And maybe the last couple of years. It is weird because you have the same core on this team too, right? It's not like they made any, they didn't make any trades. So it's a similar room. And you just wonder, like, how does Blake Wheeler, he's, you know, he's a stand-up guy. He sat in front of the media today and answered all the questions. But how does he go into that room and, and how do guys look at him? Like, is it the same relationship with his teammates that he has been around for a long time? Like, Ehlers is still there. Hellebuck's still there. Shifley's still there. Morrissey's still there. Like, there's a lot of guys that have been through it with Blake Wheeler, and it's just kind of a weird thing to affect the culture of the team. I would, I think that the room knows more than anyone else. Yeah. Right? They know more than you. Totally. They know more than me. They know more than the media that have speculated on this. But, like, I, I would suggest to you that it would be the beginning of the end of Blake Wheeler in Winnipeg, but you can't really move him. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. That's a, what is that salary? I'm on cap geek right 36 now. 36 years old, $8 million plus a season. Average annual value of 8.25. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think you can move on from that unless you're eating a ton of salary. And as you know, Winnipeg is in no position to be eating salary. Yeah. So it's just, it's a tough spot for the team to be in. But for me, the optics of this unless it was absolutely positively necessary within that dressing room, just told the fans that this guy was the problem. All right, uh, we've got some afternoon tennis highlights. Nice. Yeah, Canada taking on Spain on the Sportsnet family of channels. Davis Cup action, and Vasek Pospisil lost in three sets. It was a fight with Roberto Batista, uh, Batista Agu, and it was up to Felix Auger-Aliassime facing the new world number one, Carlos Alcaraz, fresh off of his U.S. Open title to keep the tie alive. And world number 13, it's not like it's a pushover, looking to even it all up. And Alcaraz won the first set 7-6, and the second set tied at three. Alcaraz rips the forehand by FAA. The Spaniard getting the crowd fired up at home later in the set, though. Oje Eliasim off a break, set point, gets Alcaraz to hit it wide, and Felix takes his second set 6-4. Is he on the verge of knocking off the world number one? After losing to a nondescript Korean earlier this week, look at this. 
Felix Auger Aliasim. Early break in the third set. Next service game. Auger Aliasim. And he's done it. Felix Auger Aliasim is knocked off the world number one day. Even the time with Spain. Felix climbs back to win it in three sets, 6-7, 6-4, 6-2. Canada evens the tie, and they are now playing doubles as we speak. Do you have an update on the doubles? Drop the first set in the, uh, the doubles matchup. And the Spaniards have a, uh, a doubles specialist, uh, a specialist team. So that's live now on Sportsnet 1. I mean, what a huge win. Just to build confidence, right? Because it's been an up-and-down year for Felix. He maybe hasn't been at his best at times. And then to come out and beat the world number one. And I know that Alcaraz is probably a bit tired considering he played 5 billion hours of tennis at the U.S. Open. Like five set after five set after five set. Mm-hmm. But still, just a massive win. No, without a doubt, this has been a wildly inconsistent year at best for Felix Ojeeliasim. And knocking off a world number one, however, whenever you do it, can be a real confidence booster. Uh, we've seen it before. Daniel Nestor beating Stefan Edberg. I remember uh, Frank Dancevic with the big win. Uh, We've seen some of these things kind of sort of come for Canada. Hopefully this is a real launching point for Felix, who's been on the verge for a while. It's still to come. Uh, As we mentioned, Mark Scheifele from NHL Media Day with his thoughts on Blake Wheeler losing the C in Winnipeg. Nate Burleson ahead of week number two in the National Football League. And Justin Dunn ahead of week 15 in the CFL. Arden Swelling from the park, if that weren't enough. Jays and O's start a big three-game series, plus Cabby in studio for the final half hour. Too sweet to be sour. This is Tim and Friends on a packed Friday. There can be no overlooking the Orioles. Another big series. They know they're all going to be big going forward. Whoa, and now we got some John going back and forth, and the bench is clear. Boy, did that ever escalate quickly. Shaq Franks, another one. It's gone! A three-home run game for Bo Bichette. Full house in Valencia to watch Alcaraz and Oje Eliassi. Great athletic <laughs> movement. Oje Eliassi, an amazing scissor jump there at the end. You're not going to see a quarterback play tougher and do more for their team and will their team. There's nobody that can do what he can do. Nobody. Yes! Herbert is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Six straight seasons of at least a point a game. Seven straight seasons of 20 goals or more. My next guest from NHL Media Days is the Jets' Mark Shifley. Hey, Mark, thanks so much for dropping by during the uh, the human car wash that is Media Day. Oh, no. It's my pleasure. Uh, I I just realized I left one thing out of the resume. Pro golfer, my friend. A sponsor's exemption at the Manitoba Open. How was that? Oh, it was awesome. Honestly, like it was, 
it's it's one of those things that's you know one of the coolest experiences ever especially for a hockey player that respects the game of golf so much like to get to to play with the pros and see how good they are and you know play in a tur- pro tournament it was it was amazing like absolutely amazing i i had a blast had a had an awesome week i had adam brooks on the bag um who's nice. fantastic at reading greens he uh you know he he helped me out there a ton so and i gave him a pretty heavy bag to to, to lug around <laughs> for two days so um it was, it was honestly an awesome experience you know so much respect for these golfers you know the gr- the, the grind on the range the short game the putting all that stuff it's it, it's amazing and you know to, to opt- opportunity to play uh to play alongside them it was uh it was something i'll remember forever uh, any regret like any takeaways any regrets or any things that you're like next time i get this opportunity i'm doing blank honestly not really i just you know i just went in you know i wanted to I wanted to obviously play good golf i wanted to break 80 that was my goal uh i did it day one um kind of was on pace to do it day two and um you know, on my 16th hole, I made a nine on a par four, got into the fescue and right. couldn't, 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 <laughs> couldn't get it that. out. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, honestly, like it was like, I played two practice rounds, played with some awesome guys, um, learned a lot. Uh, you know, played that miles Creighton, uh, who's, who's, uh, who's a fantastic golfer. He taught me a lot. Actually, we, you know, we talked, talked golf, talked oh, shots, man. taught, talked, um, you know, what goes through his mind. Um, you know, when he goes into a tournament, when he goes into a shot, it was, it was, it was honestly awesome. I, I I respect these guys so much, and you know I I just I just took it all in. I just wanted to you know enjoy golf. I wanted to learn about the game. I wanted to learn about their tour. Right. You know, learn about how hard these guys work. And I thought I don't think anyone appreciates how much these guys grind. You know, at their game, yeah. at you know practice, at all, at everything that they do. It's 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 remarkable. Without a doubt. Um. So we don't talk about where you finished, right? No, we don't no, talk about it. Leave it Leave it Listen, I got to talk about this, and I, I, I get the timing on this announcement back home in Winnipeg. Sucks for you in the midst of a media blitz, but for those who don't know, the Jets announced today a redistributing of the leadership group ahead of the season, and Blake Wheeler is no longer the captain. Was this a surprise to you? Yeah, it was. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was a big shocker for me. Um, you know, Blake, Blake told me, um, before I left here, uh, just kind of give me the heads up. And then I got a call from, from bones this morning. Um, you know, I woke up, I woke up at, I woke up and had like three missed calls from bones and I was like, what's going on now? Right. Um, but, uh, you know, they gave me the heads up. I, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't got, I haven't got the chance to actually, you know, dive into the talk with wheels and see how he's feeling and, and, you know, talk to, um, you know, bones about the, about the decision. But, you know, obviously that's kind of, that's kind of out of my hands, but, you know, Blake Wheeler's, you know, been the heart of this heart and soul of this team, uh, you know, for a long time, you know, the courage that he has, the, you know, how, uh, you know, how much he's taught me, a, a mentor that he's been to me is, is, you know, I, I wouldn't be where I am without him. And, um, you know, he's still, he's still a big part of this team. He's, he's still our leader. He's still, um, you know, a guy that, you know, you know, we, you know, he'll need to lean, he'll, he'll need to lean on all of us, but, you know, you know, every, every guy needs to, you know, step up a little bit and, you know, that's, that's how, you know, that's how good teams work. You know, every, everyone leads, everyone's there for each other. Everyone cares for each other. Everyone leans on each other when, you know, they're going on a, going through a tough time or a, or a good time. And, um, you know, that's what we, we as an organization have to do. Let's lean into that a little bit. Cause I know that you thought that the reexamination of the team that you talked about at the end of the season was misinterpreted by some. And in the statement that was released, uh, Rick Bonus said that the goal was to expand the leadership base within the team. Is that kind of something that you welcome? Oh, for sure. We have, we have, we have so many leaders. You know, no one, you know, no one gets the opportunity to see 
you know, how our team works. You know, the, the, the guys that speak up in the room, that speak up in meetings that are, you know, you know, at team dinners at all this stuff. No, no one gets the opportunity to see that. And, you know, in our room, we have, we have so many leaders, you know, the, you know, the Kyle Connors, the Nikolai Ehlers, the, uh, Adam, Law, Adam Lowry's, you know, the Connor Hellebucks of the world. You know, we have so many, so many guys, Brendan right. Dillon, Nate Schmidt, Neil Pionk, you know, Josh Morrissey, myself. We have so many guys that have been, been through a lot that have, have great opinions, that have great perspective on things. And, and, and we have such a great, a great group of guys, uh, in our room that, um, you know, at, at, you know, at this point, we just all have to lean on each other. We all gotta, we all gotta be there for each other. We gotta, we gotta be a, a tight knit group. And, um, and, and we have, we have, we have that, we have that ability and, um, you know, I think this just gives the opportunity for other guys to, to step up and, and lead and, and, and show what they're made of. And I think that that's awesome for our team. And, um, you know, I think that's, you know, we, we have, we have, we have those leaders and it just gives the opportunity for some younger guys to, to, you know, to feel that they can, they can step up a little more. And I think that's, you know, that's only going to make our team stronger. I know that on the ice and off the ice, it was a tough year. Um, and a lot of folks took shots at what they thought the dressing room was and is. And I know that you went to great lengths to defend it. Do you know where that chatter comes from? That's the thing. You never know. You know, I think right. that's, that's your guy's job to, to speculate. And, and um, you know, especially when, you know, you guys haven't even been in our room for you know, the last, you know, three years kind of since right. COVID has hit, you know, there hasn't been the, there hasn't been the media scrums that, you know, there hasn't been that, you know, that, uh, that ability to have conversations, you know, one-on-one -on -one with guys and, and see how guys are doing and stuff like that. You know, it's all been, it's all been, you know, over zoom and, 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 you know, the press conference style of things. So that, that makes it, that makes it tough. And, um, you know, obviously when, when, when things aren't going good, you know, there's going to be speculation. There's going to be, there's going to be the blame game. There's going to be, there's going to be all that, but, I think in in our hearts, uh, you know, as players, we understand where our room's at, and that that that's that's all that has to matter is you know right. ignore the chatter, ignore the speculation, and and understand you know what what we're trying to accomplish as a team and and where we are as a team, and be realistic about that. And um, you know, I think we all we all we all understand that we have a, we have an unbelievable group of guys. You know, before coming to Vegas, um, it was nice to see all the guys start to filter in, and and it, it's so good seeing all the guys again. You know, we have you know having new coaches, having the new the uh, kind of a new fresh start. I think everyone's really excited about that and I think um, you know there's definitely a buzz around the room of you know of a lot of excitement I try really hard to separate myself from the you guys in the media but I completely understand what you're talking about um, we're talking about change a little bit here what, what are the early thoughts on Rick bonus and what he's gonna bring to the table yeah really excited you know uh, I've, I've heard amazing things you know I haven't I haven't heard one bad word about Rick bonus he's you know, from amazing coach to an amazing human being. Um, you know, I've saw I've, I've seen that. You know, he's he's called me a number of times this summer just to check in, see how I'm doing, um, you know, see how the golf game is. You know, just just checking in, and I think um, he's a great communicator, which which I really appreciate. He's a guy that you know wants to understand what's going on, what's going through my brain, um, what I'm feeling, and and give his perspective. And I think I, I really I really appreciate about that, and, I, and I'm really excited to learn from him. You know, he's a guy that with a with a wealth of knowledge. You know, a lot of players that. Um, a lot of players that have, you know, that he's coached, um, you know, over over a, a, a long tenure uh, in the NHL. So I, I'm I'm really excited to learn from him. Um, you know, he's got, he's got a lot of knowledge that I I'm going to be soaking up, and I, I'm really excited to the opportunity to, to learn from him. I was always really high on you guys because you have the talent in the room. Are you confident in the bounce back? I am. I'm really confident in our, our group of guys. You know, I love you know, especially you know, you got Connor Hellebuck in the net. Um, he gives you a yeah. chance to win every single night, and um, you know, with new coaches, new system, 
um, you know, understanding of why we're doing something, what, why, why, we're, why we're incorporating a certain system is, is, I think, huge for this team. You know, I think we felt a little lost last year um, with all the things that happened, you know, COVID and, you know, coaching changes and all that stuff. And I think, um, you know, things just got confusing and, you know, a lot of guys weren't on the same page and, and that made it tough. And I think a, a lot of guys are really excited about, about, you know, understanding why we're doing something this year, why, you know, what, what our system is, you know, what we're doing and, and why we're doing it. And I think that, that, that purposeful um, intention is, is so big for a hockey team and, and, and for success to have success. And I think that's, uh, that's what a lot of guys are excited about. And, um, you know, I think we're all kind of raring to kind of get going. Uh, listen, I'm going to send a uh, strongly worded email to the Jets about the timing of this bad boy of when they released this and you had to face the national media in Las Vegas. But before you leave Vegas, are you getting any golf in? Are you a, a tables guy? Like, where do you go once you're done all this nonsense with us? Um, back to Winnipeg, actually. Okay. Um, you know, we have a, we actually have a, we have a, we have a fun, uh, you know, team weekend. We got golf tomorrow um, as a team back in Winnipeg and then a football oh, nice. day on Sunday. Um, so it'll be, it'll be good. You know, after all this, uh, after all this, uh, you know, after all this chaos, it'll be nice to, to be back with, you know, all the boys are back in town now. Um, we'll have a fun team weekend and, um, you know, it'll be good to get some golf. Hopefully the weather, the weather's, uh, not too cold tomorrow. The weather's kind of changed in Winnipeg ever since all the guys get back. Right. Um, but hopefully it's a good day and it's not too breezy. We're playing, we're playing my, my course in Winnipeg Southwood where I played in the tournament. So hopefully it's awesome. not too windy and we can, we can have a fun day. Uh, competition should be a little easier than the Manitoba Open. Just a, just a just little bit. We got some golfers on our team. Oh, though. Yeah. We got we got we got a lot of good golfers on our team. So it, it, it's 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 competitive. So awesome. I'm sure it'll be a, it'll be a good day. Those are all good days. Uh, those are always good days. Thanks so much. I know the timing sucked on this a little bit. Uh, you've always made time for us, and, and I really appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. Always for you, Tim. There is Mark Shifley. Appreciate it. Um, Passionate about the team, passionate about the golf, and not a real easy spot for him to be in no, not at all. as the news breaks today. And then we have a little conversation with Mr. Schultz. I was just going to go check on the Golf Canada app what his scores have been like lately because he, he sounds extremely passionate about golf. You, so Should have you, his own segment, maybe. You can find that online? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very easily, yeah. People who are registering I'll their do it handicap. During the break, we'll update. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll see if he enters his scores. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a golfer then. Uh, yeah, but you mentioned, <laughs> I mean, yes, it's a very tough spot being put in front of the national media on a day like this. Yeah. Uh, Sean Reynolds uh, was part of the scrum today that Rick Monas and Blake Wheeler had. And right. part of his takeaways from those scrums, uh, this doesn't sound like a two man decision. Wheeler was surprised by the conversation. This was Bonus and his coaching staff deciding to take the Jets' leadership in a different direction. So it seems like this, this came hmm. from Rick Bonus, and that maybe plays into why Rick Bonus was the one who met with the media today. I, uh, I love and respect Sean Reynolds, and he knows that. How much time has Rick Bonus spent with this team to know that the captaincy needed to be taken away from Blake Wheeler? Yeah, I guess he knew about the rumors and the chatter about what had happened in the room. And probably looked into it when he got there, and this wasn't, that he just, to make this wasn't just a Rick. But there's no way that he comes in, makes this decision before even having played a game mm-hmm. with Blake Wheeler as his captain. I wonder if it's intel from the top or intel from conversations he's had with other players on the team, which would make it very weird in the room. I would think that, that's exactly what it would have to be, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, but again, just my very humble opinion versus that of a, a guy that I. Love and respect. It's an opinion show. There you go. It is. (laughs) Uh, Coming up, the CFL's 2022 Hall of Fame class. 
is inducted today. Canadian Football League Hall of Fame. Plus, week 15 will kick off in Regina. Justin Dunk will be there. Joins us from Canada's breadbasket. We'll do that next right here. Intimate friends. You can actually say Ricky Ray this time. <laughs> 15 of the CFL is upon us. Let's take a look at the odds powered by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Riders touchdown favorites at home to the Elks to kick things off tomorrow. Doubleheader. Bombers seven and a half point favorites in Hamilton against the Tiger Cats. Hmm. Says Timmy. Well, the Stamps are six and a half point favorites at home to the Lions on Saturday night. Our next guest for this cavalcade of sporting fair joins us from Regina, home of the Rams and the Riders. Talk a little Canadian Football League. Ladies and gentlemen from Three Down Nation, Justin Dunk joins us for a little dink and dunk. What's going on, Justin? Doing well, buddy. In Saskatchewan, this beautiful prairie province for football weekend in Saskatchewan. I've got the call of a nationally ranked top 10 battle in U Sports, University of Saskatchewan, traveling down Highway 11, Timmy, to take on the University of Regina Rams. And of course, Chris Jones's return to Ryderville tonight. Yeah, a bit of a rivalry weekend in old Regina. Um, Let me ask you a question as we put up the U Sports men's football rankings. Uh, Might those Huskies have a... uh, a Heck, Crichton favorite? Ooh, I think they do right now. It's only been two weeks, but yeah. hey, we got to anoint somebody. Mason Nias, their quarterback, <laughs> right. has been outstanding. Over 700 yards, seven touchdowns in his first two games. And I asked Scott Flory, their head coach, who, oh, by the way, is a Canadian Football Hall of Fame offensive lineman, if they mm-hmm. just turned into a pass-first team. He didn't say no. But he didn't say yes. They still want to be balanced on offense. But Nias is worth the price of admission. This guy has been on fuego to start the season. Yeah, they are uh, histor- historically a running football team with a big, huge head coach who replaced a big, <laughs> huge head coach. So yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see this turn into a passing unit. Speaking of passing units, Cody Fajardo and the Riders, as you mentioned, taking on Chris Jones. Uh, but Fajardo a little bit tired of late. They might be. Baby Luca, his boy, arrived early Wednesday morning. Laura, his wife, Cody gave a shout-out to her for being so tough and battling through. It seemed like a bunch of hours of labor because Fajardo actually left practice on Tuesday to cheers from his teammates to go join her as she went into labor. So Luca is here. Fajardo was back at practice on Thursday, but I'm not a parent to me. You are. So I'm curious your analysis. I would imagine he's going to have some groggy eyes and have to fight through that to beat the Elks. He'll be absolutely positive. If he's anything like me, he'll be positively exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Listen, normally I would say, like, I really like Chris Jones when he's got some revenge and or some sort of rivalry game. But uh, the Elks just aren't good. Is this a Riders game to lose? It definitely is. People around these parts in Rider Nation are calling it guaranteed win night. Oof. Now, I'm not going to go that far because I'm not sure the Riders are that good. But a lot of people out here want to see Chris Jones be put out of the playoff picture by their beloved green and white. But you talk to some people on Edmonton's side. They feel confident that they can come in here and pull off an upset win. And if there's one game this season, Timmy, mm-hmm. that Chris Jones wants to win, yep. It's this one. He wants to stick it to that Rough Riders organization in a bad way. He's viewed around here as 
the leader of the evil empire, let's say, because he always has that dark attire on. He'll probably have those black sunglasses on, even though it'll be nighttime on the sidelines. Shows up in all black, and he does look like one of those evil dudes playing that villain role coming into Saskatchewan. Well, he's going to have to steal the win if he gets one uh, in Saskatchewan. A Hall of Fame class is probably closer than the Hall of Fame game, at least in my opinion. Uh, the 2022 class is led by a man I've learned to curse over the last couple of years as Robbie Ray was a star in Toronto, and that is Ricky Ray because I called Robbie Ricky more often than not. Um, what are your memories of Ricky Ray. I remember watching Ricky Ray as a young kid and just being even more excited about playing the quarterback position because he used to throw those classic corner outs to Jason Tucker for touchdowns. He had that touch that is ultra rare at whatever level of football you're playing at and especially the pro level. And I just remember him always from the day he came into the league to the day he left so poised and you could look at him you never knew if he threw an interception threw a touchdown was hit by a linebacker coming off the edge by a blitz picked himself up off the field and he's so respected and beloved around the Canadian Football League by players fans coaches general managers and everybody alike and Timmy his story is one of a kind he used to package potato chips his nickname to some of his teammates was Frito Ray because he used to package and deliver those, and then all of a sudden he ends up being a Hall of Fame quarterback in the CFL. Pretty wild story. Yeah, if, if it had been in the NFL, there would have been a movie about it, but that's already been done with Kurt Warner. Uh, all right, so uh, listen, I, I was going to do this thing to start the year. I just I didn't have time because I'm a parent and I'm exhausted most of the time. <laughs> but uh, I was going to do this thing for the start of the year, the top five players that I loved watching play U sports. And Tim Tyndale is, I was going through the list of players in my head. Andre Dury is on that list. But Tim Tyndale is on that list. And maybe the one I had the most fun watching at the next level, too. Because when he went to the Buffalo Bills from Western, it felt like uh, climbing a mountain. It really did. That was special and unique. And I mean, I only know it from the history of it because I was just a young and not to age you right, there, whatever. Timmy, but yeah, just keep it, it was <laughs> it was special what he was able to do and obviously goes into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. When you consider what he did going from U Sports to the NFL as a skill position player in his day in the 90s. It's unbelievable. We see a bunch of guys now in the league. Chase Claypool, Chuba Hubbard, Josh Palmer had a touchdown last night for the Los Angeles Chargers, but Tyndale was way ahead of his day. Uh, producer Jay Sands said is Nick Fitzgibbon on that list. Uh, well, Justin Dunk might be on that. The combination, I would give the combination of Justin Dunk and Nick <laughs> Fitzgibbon a look. Uh, Dane Evans returns the starting role for Hamilton. Will it help? I don't know, Timmy. I think the Ticats season is, for the most part, done as it is. But I actually don't even think he's the best quarterback that's going to be dressing in this game for the Ticats. It's Matthew Schiltz, who was activated early off the six-game injured list, coming back from a wrist injury. And I think Schiltz seized the opportunity to seize the moment, especially potentially for a big contract in the offseason, CFL big, I should say. And I think Schiltz knows as well that if Evans doesn't play well, they have no issue pulling him to the sideline, and that means Schiltz could go in. Dane Evans, Timmy, is playing for his career, not just the Tiger Cat yeah. season. And I know a lot of players don't want to make it about themselves, but his career is on the line in this start. 
Uh, before I let you go, I've been keeping an eye on the CFL's television ratings of late. And I know you wrote a story on Three Down Nation. Uh, somewhat concerning? It has to be, especially when you compare it to the NFL. Now, a lot of people are going to point out multiple things, that the NFL games, some of them, are available on free TV across the country. You can get the rabbit ears like I used to be a kid growing up on the farm and holding it just right to see those Buffalo Bills. But in my mind, it shows that the NFL has really substantially taken over from the CFL and that when these games are on, it's appointment viewing for a lot of people. And the NFL continues to infringe on the CFL's territory. And to me, you know, as a parent and even me as a single dude, you only have so much time to watch football. So in my mind, that's the key issue here. A lot of people think, well, you can enjoy both, but especially the average fan, which these two leagues are competing for, only have so much time in their weekends or their days to tune into football. And a lot of Canadians are choosing the NFL. And and just just so many choices out there. Like about, I don't know, I would probably guess off the top of my head, 10 years ago, they were dead even. And now season opening primetime TV ratings are more than double the CFLs in the same week. Uh, it's it's part of the reason why I wrote that ode to the CFL and the XFL merger last year because I felt like this time might be coming and uh, it would be a damn shame, but that's definitely a warning sign. If you love the CFL, you better get out and support it. Either buy your tickets or watch the games. Uh, Justin Dunk, appreciate you doing this. Enjoy football weekend in Regina, my friend. You bet, Timmy. Good to be on with you, man. He's not going to throw up. <laughs> All right, time for a break. <laughs> we'll head down to the ballpark. We'll make him be a long throw yeah. from Regina. Yeah. It'll be fair. A lot of kilometers. I, I know he's got an eye, but it would be a long throw. Jays and Orioles starting up a three-game set at the Rogers Center. Bullpen day to kick it off for the Bluebirds. Plus, Arden's Wellen dropping by. What would a Vladdy extension look like? We'll discuss next right here. Tim and friends, please stay tuned. Dogs back here for another hour on Tim and Friends. Full hour everywhere, which includes my friend Cabral Richards in studio as we make our picks for week two in the National Football League. Nate Burleson with his thoughts on the Thursday nighter and week two, plus Arden's dwelling from the ballpark in mere moments from now. Blue Jays open a weekend set with the Orioles at the Rogers Center tonight. Game exclusively available on Apple TV Plus. Jays enter the series. Five games up on the Orioles in the wildcard standings while they're tied with the Mariners and a half game up on the Rays with 18 to go, kids. Nine at home, nine away. Here's the pitching matchups for the series. Bullpen game for the Jays tonight. Trevor Richards getting the start despite throwing 29 pitches in yesterday's loss to the Rays. Jordan Wiles goes for the O's. Saturday, it's Jose Barrios against Kyle Bradish, Alec Manoa. On the mound in the finale for your Toronto Blue Jays lineup looks like this today. Springer Vlad Bow top three. Teoscar will clean up and DH. No Alejandro Kirk once again. He misses his third straight with a little hip thing. Danny Jansen will catch. Ramel Tapia starts in left field. Jackie Bradley Jr. in right today. John Schneider provided an update on 
Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Better every day. He's uh, hitting and he's throwing today. Um, not running yet, but we're hoping, you know, we'll see more this weekend and kind of couple it around the off day on Monday, but we'll see how he can kind of, you know, ramp things up a little bit this weekend and go from there. All right, we ramp things up a little bit by heading right down to the Dome and uh, catching up with our old friend Arden Zwelling, he of At The Letters Podcast, presented by Miller Light, joining us here on Tim and Friends. What's up, Arden? How are you, man? Hey, what's going on? I'm sure Miller Light appreciates you uh, sneaking that in there. I, I did nice notice on the website the sponsorship, not going to lie, feels big time now for the At The Letters Podcast, and that's why I had to throw it in there. Yeah, this is no uh, MeUndies, you know, this is no Boner Pills. This is, this is the real deal. This is, <laughs> that is an awesome top-shelf stuff. Yeah, I love it. All right, so bullpen day uh, worries me a little bit. Does it worry you as in, in a big spot here? I don't know about worry. It does really sort of highlight the lack of development yeah. on the starting pitching side from this club. I know we've talked about it before, but they just have not had a success story internally with the, with the starting pitcher coming up through this system this year. And we, we can rehash the names we want to. Thomas Hatch, Nate Pearson, TJ Zoic, Bowden Francis, the, the list goes on. The Blue Jays just have not been able to and develop K. even a reliable fifth starter. And yeah. The, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, just a fifth starter, right? Just yeah. five and dive four in the door like you're not asking for much and the Blue Jays haven't been able to get it so here they are in the middle of September throwing a, a bullpen game in a playoff race so that's I mean like I was gonna ask you the, the real question is you say Kikuchi the best option for the bulk of the innings today and I'm, I'm kind of afraid of the answer the best option is mix and match, right? It's a 10-man bullpen at this point. Right. And, uh, look, I know Trevor Richards threw 29 last night, but clearly he's feeling well enough to throw some more pitches to open up this game. And I think from there you just mix and match if you're John Schneider and Pete Walker. So those guys are going to be on their toes. They're going to get the coffee in. They're going to be ready to go. It's not going to be a sit back and watch Alec Benoa shove for seven innings kind of night. It's going to be a lot of strategy, a lot of decision-making throughout this game, so I think that's what's best, and there's definitely going to be a spot here for you, say Kikuchi, but I don't know that it's going to be three or four innings. I think the Blue Jays will see what kind of matchups, what kind of pocket of the order makes sense for him, see how well he does, and then go from there. Uh, if you look at the Jays starters when the big four are starting, they are 67 and 38. When anyone else starts, they are 14 and 26, which translates to around a 56 win season, though I will say. If you match that up against a lot of teams, fifth starters, it probably wouldn't be as pretty for them either. Um, Alejandro Kirk misses his third straight, Arden. Cause for concern there? A little bit, just because of what an anchor he's been for the lineup, cleanup, five spot, wherever he's been hitting. He was on the Lourdes Goriel Jr. regimen today that John Schneider let people know about earlier. He was hitting, he was throwing, but he was not running. So running, pretty important in baseball, uh, whether you're at the plate or even for him behind the dish, squatting down and, and catching games and trying to chase after pal, uh, f foul pop-ups behind the plate. So he's going to need to take that step before he's back in the lineup in, in, a, in a meaningful way. So it'll be interesting to see how the Blue Jays just manage it throughout the weekend with day games after night games and an off day on Monday as well. Do you know if he's even available to pinch hit yet? I would be surprised yeah. if he was tonight. I think the Blue Jays are just going to prioritize the rest, but Blue Jays obviously aren't going to tell us that for certain one way or another. They want Brandon Hyde to be thinking that he is ready to pinch it. Understood. Uh, speaking of Brandon Hyde, uh, 
little rivalry brewing here between the Orioles and the Jays. Like, in a game this important, though, you don't expect anything to rear its ugly head as it did in Baltimore, do you? Maybe not until Brian Baker gets on the mound in the seventh inning and punches somebody out and stares in the Blue Jays' dugout or uh, maybe hits somebody. If something like that happened, maybe, right? It doesn't take much on the baseball diamond to get guys hopping over the railing, right? It's the littlest, smallest things sometimes that lead to these benches clearing incidents. But I think that you're right. Like, both teams have something to play for here. And you look at this series, if the Blue Jays sweep it, you can forget about the Orioles, really. They will just bury them so far down in the playoff race. It'll be really, really hard for Baltimore to come back. And, I mean, even if the Blue Jays win two out of three, it's going to be really hard for Baltimore to come back with just how little runway there is left in the season. So it's really imperative for the Orioles to show up and win some games here at Rogers Center if they want to keep their uh, faint postseason hopes alive. So there's just so much on the line for both teams. I don't know that we're going to see any hijinks like that. Yeah, I don't expect mortal combat, but the Jays do have a, a chance to finish him. Here in this, uh, in this. Although, oh, I got horns from Jesse Rubinoff on that one. I appreciate yeah, that. I, I was impressed. I was stumbling over the uh, delivery of the line too, and I still got the horn, so I'll take that. But it, there, there are games. They are in the division. Like this could go a lot of different ways for the Jays. They could be anywhere from having to worry about the Orioles in the final wild card spot to going into Yankee Stadium and maybe having a shot at the division. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, goal number one is that final series against the Orioles, those final three games. You want that to be relevant. Because if you're the Blue Jays at that point, you want to be throwing a lot of Yusei Kikuchi, right? Like, you want a lot of Bradley Zimmer in that series. Like, him playing nine inning games in center field. Like, you want those games to not matter in the standings. You know your fate. You're in the postseason. You know where you're going or who's coming to you. So you're able to rest guys and line up your rotation optimally for a three-game wildcard series over a weekend when, I mean, your season could be over in two days or you could be moving on to the DS in two days. So you want that to be irrelevant. Maybe you have a shot to go, uh, or the Yankees come here. You don't go to the Bronx. Yeah, you have a shot bad. for the Yankees yeah. to come here. Yeah, there won't be an Audi sign on the on the <laughs> field, but uh, there will be some sort of a sign on the field. So you, you hope that there's some juice in those games and there's something on the line, but I think that goal number one, make that final series irrelevant. Don't give the Orioles a shot of catching you on the final series of the weekend. Yeah, that's what it feels like, but if, if you make this little run here, you never know what that three-game series at the Dome against the Yankees could turn into. And just looking at the numbers in front of me, 9-3 uh, and three in their last 12 in the division, 13-4 uh, and four in the last 17 within the division. After what was a pretty start within the American League East, they've been playing a lot better ball against their fiercest rivals, haven't they? It's almost like the Blue Jays are a good team. I know people don't <laughs> want to believe it, right? Everyone <laughs> wants to find holes and faults and reasons not to believe in this group. I think the Blue Jays are a good team, and I think that their postseason odds have been, like, really high throughout the entire season. Um, teams ebb, they flow. Sometimes you cough up three straight to the Los Angeles Angels, and right. there isn't really any logic or any reasonable explanation for why it happened. You just played like dog crap for a weekend. It happens to even the best teams in baseball, I guarantee 
guarantee you it's happened to even the Los Angeles Dodgers this year. The Blue Jays are a good team. They're a playoff team. But the thing about the postseason is it's like March Madness. Crazy things happen. Like I said, your season could be over in two days in the wild card round. It's totally possible. you got three coin flips in that wild card series, essentially. So for as good as you are, crazy things can happen in, in the postseason. Those crazy things include potentially going to the World Series like the Atlanta Braves did last year, right. when I don't think that anyone would believe that they're anyone would have said that they were the best team in baseball. Arden Zwelling joining us from the Rogers Center. Any, any, anything in your mind to the timing of Vladdy talking about his contract uh, and the, the openness to signing a long-term deal? I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I feel like he just gave an interview and it came up. But I don't know that for sure. I haven't asked him, and I haven't asked anybody really about the timing of that. Um, but it also wasn't different from anything we've heard from him in the past. He right. said he w- would be open to it. He said he'd like to stay in Toronto. The Blue Jays are on the record for saying they've had discussions with Flatty and his camp, and obviously they didn't find that sweet spot, that, that ground in the middle where everybody's sharing risk and giving something up and you know feeling somewhat uncomfortable with where they're going with, uh, with, with the contract or with an extension, but reaching an agreement obviously the two sides haven't gotten there i i assume that they will continue to discuss that i think it's just an open discussion that can continue at any time but it's hard for me to to see these two sides reaching an agreement like i I do think there would be a pretty big gap there what what do you think the number is to get them done i think it probably starts with a three and there's probably nine figures (laughs) in it right like i I think vladimir grew yeah, right. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has a lot of leverage. You know, he's what he's got three more years before free agency. He's going to be very young when he hits free agency. I mean, he's already runner-up for the MVP award. I know he has had somewhat of a disappointing season this year, but like when you kind of zoom out and look at the greater picture, you're still talking top 15, top 20 hitter in the game. I mean, he's had a very strong career at a very young age. Um, positionally, he's not offering you what like a Fernando Tatis does at, at shortstop or what Julio Rodriguez does in center field but I mean he hits the ball as hard as anybody in the game and you know offensively we've seen some very special things from him so he's got the leverage to just keep like cashing arbitration checks for the next few years got eight million dollars this year that's only going to go up obviously he had the four million dollar bonus and I think dad did okay for himself as well so I don't think that like you know financial issue like I don't think that you know he's worried about money right now so he can keep cashing those arbitration checks and try to hit free agency at like the age of 26 and then be looking at 10 to 12 years and that you know nine figure number that starts with a with a three on on the open market it it is amazing and kind of sort of ridiculous to look at twitter every day and see people bashing vladimir guerrero jr and then know that if he signs a long-term deal he's going to make over 300 maybe 50 million (laughs) dollars Yep, and it'll be coming back here in 2027 wearing pinstripes, and everyone's going to love it. <laughs> and everyone's good. Uh, appreciate you doing this, as always, Arden. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, we'll be watching as well. Take it easy, Tim. Uh, there is Arden's Welling at the Rogers Center, first of three between the Jays. Again, it is available on Apple TV+. Plus. They resume on Sportsnet and Sportsnet now tomorrow as the series resumes tomorrow afternoon. All right, on the other side, we will catch up with our guy, Nate Burleson, to get his thoughts on the Thursday Nighter Plus look ahead to the marquee games in week number two in the National Football League. Overreaction Monday distilled with Nate Dogg next on Tim
trivia for you here, friends. 43 years ago today, the Sugar Hill Gang dropped Rapper's Delight and the hip-hop, hippie, hippie to the hip-hop hasn't stopped since. And our next guest is six foot one. He's tons of fun and he's dressed to a T. Ladies and gentlemen, Nate Burleson joins us for the football fight. Let's go out, Nate John. What's up, baby? Uh, uh, hip-hop, you don't stop. A rocket to the bang, bang, boogie. Say up, jump, the boogie. To the boogie, to the boogie, to T. T stands for Tim. Uh, I got you. Now, what you hear is not a test. We're going to talk <laughs> a little football with Nate Burleson as we do every Friday. I thoroughly enjoy this. I thoroughly enjoyed the Thursday nighter. Justin Ooh. Herbert versus Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Yeah. Did the defenses steal the show, Nate? Oh, yeah. Let's give it up for Justin Watson. <laughs> you see that interception, that pick six all the way to Dallas? And that was good, though, for Kansas City because it seems like that offense was sputtering Herbert trying to squeeze it in there, a little miscommunication, and Watson picks it off and takes it to the crib. How about this? The young fella making a play on the big stage. Right moment, right time. And it gave the Kansas City Chiefs the right momentum. I kind of feel like special teams, when you're talking about kicking um, the ups and downs and now defenses, they are still in the show a little bit more than offenses in this early part of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, But all in all, the Chiefs win again. They look fantastic. Patrick Mahomes will be in the MVP conversation period. Uh, Mr. Watson was uh, confusing <laughs> us because we had Jalen and Justin. Justin caught the pass. Jalen with the pick. Jaylen. I got you back. I got you back. Hey, it's confusing. There were two. They both had big plays, but we're going with yeah. Jalen Watson here. Jalen Watson. That's it. <laughs> Are you surprised Brandon Staley left Herbert in the game with a rib? You know, I wasn't surprised because it wasn't necessarily up to Staley. I don't know it was Most people are sitting back saying, well, yeah, it is up to him. He's the head coach. He can make the final call. No, not really. When you take a shot and initially you feel like something is wrong, you can see it all over his face. He's a wincing. Um, And immediately I recognize that because I've been in that position. Let me give you a little bit of story time. I'm playing for the Seattle Seahawks. We're playing against the Washington Redskins at the time. I know the, the commanders now. And I take this shot in between a linebacker and the cornerback. And I know immediately something's wrong. I can't breathe. I'm sitting there like literally trying to get as much air as I can into my body, but something is restricting it. I get to the sideline. The trainer puts his hand up my shirt and he's, he's bare hand on the skin. He says, try to breathe. I say, I can't try to breathe. I say, I can't. He says, take the deepest breath you can. I do. And he feels clicking. He says, something's wrong. And I'm like, look, this is halfway through the game. I was like, the question is, can I hurt it more? Can I break it more? He said, I don't think you necessarily cracked it, so you're good. You might have torn something in there. It might be painful, but I don't think you can tear it or hurt it anymore. At that point, I looked at him. I said, I'm going in the game. I said, don't say much to my coach. Don't say much to anybody else. I'm good. So I say that to say this. Justin Herbert in that moment, it was on him. I looked at his face. We talk about it all the time, Tim. What's happening behind the face mask? He wanted to stay in the game. He didn't immediately look to the sideline. He didn't look at the staff and give the whole old finger wave. It was up to him to stand, and he looked good. Of course he was hurting, but at this point in the year, this is not me being dismissive to his injury. Everybody's hurting. I know it's only week two, but the only time that you're healthy is right before the season starts. After that, it's a wrap. That's funny you say So, tough guy Nate Burleson now looking back, would you go back in the game again? No, there's a lot of injuries that I would have said on the sideline for. That was a very smart question. You know, at the time, I just thought that, you know, it's all about going out there and landing all on the line. And you 
run through a brick wall for this team that you play for. But now at 41 years old and feeling the residuals of some of these injuries, I would have taken better care of my body. Yeah, without a doubt. I always feel that way when, when tough guys out there talk about whether it's concussions in football or hockey, and they're like, oh, you got to play the game the right way. You gotta, and I'm like, eh. Now that I'm 46, man, I look at it completely differently yeah. than I did when I thought I was a tough guy when I was a kid. So it's, it's nice to hear you say that. Hey, listen, a bunch of teams nobody believed in won in week one. We got the Bears, the Seahawks, uh, the aforementioned Commanders, the New York football Giants victorious in week one. I ask you, Nate Dog, do you believe in any one of those teams? I do. I believe in the Seahawks. Geno Smith. How about the Seahawks, man? Like, they were legit. And Geno was in his bag. You know, it's one thing to be a little bit of a punching bag, which Geno Gino was for a while. And yep. I'm not trying to make a joke about that fight he got into the locker room. But it seemed like the football world was on him during his career about how he didn't fulfill expectations and he's moving and bouncing around. You know what happens when you take those type of shots and that criticism? One, you become callous to the criticism. But two, you get to watch the game from a bird's eye view. Gino being a backup and watching the game from the sideline has made him a better quarterback. And he was gripping and ripping. And throughout most of that game, let's just keep it real, he was better than the guy he's hungry right there, which is Russell Wilson. Um, and I'm, I'm happy for Gino because he had a long, long road to where he is. Now, the question is, can they sustain this as a team? We shall see another guy on a team that you mentioned, Saquon Barkley. I just believe, I don't know how much I believe in the Giants, but I believe in Saquon. Like, Saquon right. ran differently he he was he was running angry now we all know we talked about this he is motivated by money right he wants that big deal he wants that big contract he wants to prove that he's durable but more importantly he was running tough hard nose he wasn't trying to bounce and no. out, outrun people he wasn't trying to bounce outside and step he was running through dude so um saquon it was one hell of a start to the season um uh, let's just see if this doesn't take off a little tread on that tire, because he is going to be the bulk of this offense. Yeah, it's funny because after week one, I, I came on here and I said, listen, we showed that board 82.8% of the snaps. Like, I don't know what else Brian Dable, I mean, he's, there's just, he's going to be seduced into using this guy. Of course. And the, yep. the best uh, 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 precursor of an injury is a previous injury. Right, and I just I'm yep. I'm worried because I'm a big fan, and I don't know if you can play a a running back 83% of the snaps in the modern day NFL. That's real talk, and I just feel like those receivers they're going to have to step up. They, yeah. they want to take some pressure off of Barkley. Uh, agree on that one. All right, so we all know that Monday was overreaction Monday, and that we yeah. kind of have to sort through it and figure it out as we get bigger sample sizes. But which yeah. one of the overreactions? From week one concerns you the most. I'll give you a couple here uh, for the viewers as well. The Bengals and the Super Bowl hangover. They lose to the Steelers. All oh, the Packers have nobody for poor Aaron Rodgers to throw to. Kyler Murray didn't study enough, and that's why the cards lost. Or Russell Wilson's let's ride won't be all that fun in Denver. <laughs> which, which one of the ones do you think may stick around a little while here? You know, I, I'll start with the last one and work my way back up. Okay. Those are four. I'll be quick. Russell Wilson, I feel like they have to figure some things out. They look good, but not good enough. Um, when it comes to the Packers, I would say don't worry because Aaron Rodgers, last season, first game, they got smacked by mm -hmm. Jameis Winston in the Saints. Um, so we're sitting here worried about this game one. Last year, Aaron Rodgers did not throw a touchdown in his first game. Jameis Winston threw for four, and they lost in a, in a runaway loss to the Saints. So, 
everybody just had to take a step back. You're saying and, relax? And give, Are you saying relax? Up. Yeah, exactly. Just relax. <laughs> um, now, when it comes to those Cardinals, I'm just not sure. I, I, I'm not sure if if it's because of D-Hop. I'm not sure if it's it's because of this offense. I, I'm just not sure who they are. I don't have faith in them as a Super Bowl contender. They're going to have to earn the respect, not just of me. I'm just a guy talking that used to play the game. I'm talking about uh, guys within their teams, within their division, and also the conference across the league. Um, lastly, the overreaction on the Bengals chill just chill like listen they were in the super bowl and the super bowl hangover is not just for the rams it's also for the losing team Mm -hmm. but with that said joe burrow didn't play much in the preseason he was a little banged up i think he had an appendix removed so like we we have to understand that there is a new age in preseason which means these coaches aren't putting their superstars out there so for what it's worth and i know fans don't want to hear it for what it's worth like, a lot of these teams are working out the kinks and the rust in the first game of the year. And I know as a fan, and I'm a fan too, I don't want that. That's not what I signed up for. Week one got to be legit. You're <laughs> supposed to be out there on 10. That's not the case for these guys. You can tell that they're still trying to get on the same page. The Cincinnati Bengals have way too much talent to show up like this week after week. Okay, so I'm going to agree with you on one point. Listen, the Bengals turned the ball over five times and basically should have won that game a couple of different times if their long snapper isn't hurt, if their kicker hammers one through. Five turnovers, you don't normally win a game. And we're still in it. Right. And we're still in it. So then I say the same, Nate Dog, about the Broncos. You don't fumble oh. twice on the one-yard line. Like, yeah. that that hasn't yeah. happened since 1987, and it was replacement players playing for the Chiefs the last time that happened. Like, that's the one where I'll, like, I'm not sure about the Broncos, though. I will – maybe I'm just trying to get my own confirmation bias because I've been big on the Broncos. <laughs> You're talking about that, that movie with, Ke- with Keanu uh... – the Keanu, replacements. Yeah. With uh, yeah. Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, that's what it was. Keanu Reeves, that's what I was looking for. Um, no, I, I agree with you. That was disappointing. And you can sit there and point to those two plays and say those were for sure touchdowns. But at the same time, there were some moments where I wanted Russ to be Russ. Yeah. I wanted that magic to, to sparkle. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. They had a couple of bad breaks with those fumbles. But Russ, you got this. Dig him out the hole. And they didn't. And that comes with trust, though. You know, obviously going for that long field goal. I mean, that's the coach saying, I love you, Russ, but we're not going to trust you, Russ. I'm saying that Russ, we trust. Bro, you're paying them all that money. Let them go win you a game. Yeah, 245 million reasons to trust Russell Wilson with that game as opposed to the second longest field goal if it was made in NFL history. All right, Slime slime Time's back in the mix. Saw the bobblehead, my dude. That is big-time stuff, these slimes. I'm going to send you one. I'm going to send you one. We need one in studio without a doubt. Justin Jefferson took home the week one honors. Uh, The Vikes may have been my most impressive team in week one. Who grabbed your eye the most? Who was like, all right, that, that's what I like to see in week one. I, I'm in full agreement with you. Um, Justin Jefferson, and, and it's for multiple reasons. One, he just looks so good running routes. He's so fluid, so smooth. Of course, the couple of TDs, the buck 84, like the, the, all of the stats matter. But 
when you peel back the layers of what happened before game one over the summer where we heard reports that Justin Jefferson was saying that he's the best quarterback in all the football, we're like, wait a minute, Justin. And I think he gave everybody else credit. He's like, there's some good receivers, you know, Cooper Cup is good. I know he had the triple crown last season, but I'm the best. And I got I to gotta be real. Like, even as a veteran receiver, I'm like, Justin, chill. Like, <laughs> give it some time. Go earn it in your second year. But was he lying, though? This dude started know. off week one looking like the best receiver. And if Kirk Cousins is going to throw to him as he's running around wide open, as we see, and then skating into the end zone, tiptoeing on the sideline, of course Kirk Cousins is going to look to him early and often every game. He could lead the league and catches yards and touchdowns. So he was the most impressive to me. How, how many of the boys on Friday Night Football, I know your boys are playing Friday Night Football tonight, how many of them gritty when they score a touchdown because of Justin Jefferson? The, he has the whole world gritty. I almost put my head in gritty. I'm doing it, bro, and I'm way too old. I'm like, hey, what's up, cool kids? How do you do this, McGriddle? <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. Uh, all right, so uh, slime time means that you've had the best week of the season. Uh, let me put on – let me get your crystal ball out. Uh, okay. Who's the favorite to get slimed in week number two? Who are you looking for to have a big week? I'm looking at the Baltimore Ravens. They were on the road week one. Lamar Jackson didn't run the ball that much. He scrambled a little bit, but he had, I think, around 15 yards rushing. They get to play at home. And what we've seen with Lamar Jackson in the beginning of his seasons, when he's at home, it's a different type of juice. Not to mention, this is the home opener for the Baltimore Ravens up against who? Ooh, the Miami Dolphins, who look really, really good in that defense. is stout. They fly around. They're aggressive in the passing lanes, which means Lamar Jackson is going to take exactly what that defense gives him as far as throwing the ball, but he's going to leave that pocket and turn into video game Lamar. I expect Lamar Jackson to have a huge game, maybe 250, 300 in the air and around 115 on the ground in a few TDs. I got Lamar Jackson taking away the slime time MVP trophy next week. Always appreciate it, Nate. I know that you are headed to Friday nights, so we'll let you get going. Thanks for doing this. Talk to you again next week, homie. Good to see you, fam. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Nate Talk. Last week, uh, Cabral Richards and his SM Bets Collective went 2-0. 2-0 against the spread Say in our NFL. Say it with your chest. Pick and pull. We went 0-2. With Cab- your chest. Cabby's already in studio, and he's already gloating. This is going to be fun. Let's see commercial breaks around here. Uh, Davis Cup group stage going on right now on Sportsnet 1. Canada and Spain down to the third and deciding match. First set, 5-4 Spain. Marcel Granollers finds the open court. Spain takes the opener 6-4. Second set, tied at 3 Vasek Pospisil. Guess what? Canada holds serve the lead 4-3 now. 5-4 set point. Felix Ojeda-Liasin. Bam! Canada wins the second set. 6-4 against what is a special, a double specialist crew of Spain. They are now into the third set, and this is a live look. Canada trying to stay alive in this match. Down a break here in the third set. Available for your viewing pleasure. Sportsnet 1, Sportsnet Now. Felix Auger, Aliasim serving, trying to get it to 5-4 if my eyes don't deceive me. And they don't this time. Uh, my eyes don't deceive me 
Cabral Richards is in studio. I'm feeling pretty good. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Good vibes only. It's a Friday. SM Bet's crew is in here, although I think our good vibes are going to go away. But before we get to that, let me ask you what you're working on these days. We just uh, posted something on YouTube called Name the Champions in Reverse Order. And I know you are a sports connoisseur, so I don't even know if you can get even get to, like, 1990 um, in any of the sports. I'm terrible. Are you? Yeah, I don't remember years. Like, you ask, you tell me the team, I'll give you specifics on how they got there, who they beat, who their players were, who was the guy who got there. But I can't go year by year. No chance. I am awful at it. Okay. I don't know what That's it surprising. Is. That's surprising. Maybe Jesse could do better on, I don't know what your, your, your best sport is, whether it's baseball, football, whatever, but it's Everybody. hard in reverse order. Do you remember, like, some of the dudes that we used to work with back, like, Steve Coolius could go yeah. year by so year. Could, Adnan so Steve Burke. Fellin. Steve Fellin was. Stephen A. Stephen A. Fellin. For those who don't know, uh, oh, the, right. the head of our stats baseball. department, yeah. Stephen Fellin it was an unbelievable, just he was Instant Google before recall. Google. You know what Stephen A. Fallon introduced me to? Yeah, you're not gonna, this is too inside, but he introduced me to Google. I used to use Yahoo before. And then he said, you should try this site <laughs> yeah. called Google. I'm like, what? And now it's a it's a verb. Yeah, so we thought about at the score, they had stumped the Schwab. We thought about it stumped the felon. Yeah, yeah. I believe we used to air some of the Schwab, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Uh, listen, I brought you guys some SM Bets merch. I've been oh. meaning to get you some merch oh, for a while. This, Tim, this is actually a collector's item. It's It looks kind of pink, but it's peach. These are, these are. This is for me? That's a, a serious exclusive. Oh, look at that. And Jesse, wow. we got you a gray one. Palais de Parlay is is the, uh, wow. the print on the front. No. It's a yeah. long sleeve. We're going to try to get you uh, a peach hoodie, but this is. This is, this is now, for let, you, Let me my, first my do the, uh, the modeling you. here of uh, what is a wonderful, and I've been begging for this for a little while. It's a, uh, it's a little bit wrinkled, but, then, you know. Uh, on the back. Okay, thank you. Yes. Uh, the back, yeah. Yeah. Jesse also doing the modeling. Okay, uh, all right. Community club I, I probably should have ironed them. I'm bringing them Hey, listen, when, no. when, you, when you come bearing gifts, I, I, I got to say thank I'm you, too. I'm a friend. I'm a friend of the show. And I think... Like if you want to, if you want to try it on, feel free. Um, but maybe in the break, we're, yeah, we're yeah I'm not sure that the dad bod needs to be revealed on <laughs> national television. Good. Listen, I'm I'm bringing good vibes because SN bets we're up to nothing. We're I feel right, I'm right. in a good mood. You you sat on that for like what a whole like two and a half minutes <laughs> before you brought up the I fact was, that you guys are two and zero. Oh? Yeah, I was waiting to throw the slider, and I did. Um, as we slide into week two picks, my friend. All right. Uh, first off, it's not how you start; it's how you finish. Yeah. Uh, Jesse and I found that out the hard way last year because we got off to an absolutely fire start and then cooled down down the stretch. But we will do our picks against the spread, according to our friends at Bet Rivers. Uh, would you like to bat lead off, or would you like to hear what uh, Jesse and I? I have don't know in store? what you guys have, uh, what you guys are cooking up. So I would love to hear it, and then I can reveal the picks that we we've. Uh, Collected from our, our crew on SM Bets from the community. I can see Jesse uh, searching for papers, so I can go first if you need me to bat lead off. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I've been saying that the Lions are better than last year. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. That's right. For the first time in two years, wow. the Lions are the betting favorites you believe in, in a Man football Campbell, game. Huh? Yeah, I believe. I actually believe more in DeAndre Swift, but I, I do believe in the Lions being value at this juncture in the season. Okay, okay. And I will take the Lions minus one and a half at home to the Commanders. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Jesse told me earlier, I said, uh, what's the number here? Like, they, they haven't been favored in a long time, and he goes, two years. 
And like I said, uh, what happened in the game where they were favored last? They lost 20 to nothing. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. my 20 God. Cob. Was Stafford in the game, I wonder? I, I, you know, it, it doesn't it, – frankly, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I get, it's no, it game. Well, so I am, uh, I'm just going to – this is one, though. This isn't a bet. This is Uncle Timmy's gut tells him that the Lions are better. You're going gut feel. Yeah. Okay. The Lions are better than most people are giving them credit for right now. So I think that's value. I'll take the value at one and a half. You know, I, I, lo- I love this. I love the fact that we are going with the Lions – and I'm taking the Jaguars. <laughs> we go 0-2 in week one. And instead of getting desperate and going for great teams here, we are looking for value, and we are looking to come back strong in week two. So here's the deal with the Jags. The Colts haven't beaten the Jags on the road in eight years. The Jags have won five straight games against the spread. Okay. Against the Colts. Since 2015, the Colts are 1-12-1 against the spread, against the Jaguars. So with all of that history on the line, that's what tells me. So that it must one have been that Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning Colts must have been the last ones that beat beat the yeah. Jags if it's eight years. Or and also, it is. Michael Pittman, uh, questionable, very too. questionable for that game. And Darius Leonard renamed uh, his first name. He's now Shaquille Leonard, okay. one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Yeah. He's not playing. That's not a Manny Manuel Lee change. <laughs> Yeah, like no, when you not. when you change your name from Manny Lee to Manuel Lee, it's, well, yeah, it's, it's Mike, Mike Stanton and John yeah. Carlos. Yeah. So uh, Colts and Jag, or, uh, Jags and Lions. So we went with a super chalky pick because we, we asked the community, the SMBets community, like, hey, where should, we, you know, where should we sprinkle this week? So we got the Packers. Okay, we're Packers minus 10.5 on Bet Rivers. We're going with Aaron Charles Rodgers, who I think is like 12-2 and two against the Bears in the last 14 at Lambeau. He's got somewhere like 15, I think, touchdowns, and he still owns the Bears. He told them last year, I still own you, as he's yelling to to the crowd at Soldier Field. So we're going with the Packers. And this is kind of a sexy pick. Famous Jameis Winston eating those W's. Uh, uh, with the Saints against against uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks, I think they've won their last four. I think the Saints are four and zero against Tom Brady's Bucks in this time. And listen, we didn't get any specific um, information from the community when they when they uh, when they said, "Hey, roll with the Saints and roll with the Packers." So this is I'm just this is just what I know about. Uh, the, the one nugget I know going into week two. I got so you. So we're riding with our people. Yeah, you're going Packers, with your people, and you're trying and to back Saints. up your people. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, and so it'll be, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, the Lions and the Jags. That's <laughs> it. <I'll see. I'll laughs> yeah. If this is 95, you feel great about those yeah. picks. Uh, or 96, maybe. What was the year that they went to the AFC Championship, the Jags? Was it 96? See, you just we started this segment by saying I can't remember oh, dates. Oh, we used to give hit, you a team. And then you're hitting was, me with they dates. Kev, Blake Bortles. Kevin they Green, the I think, was the surprise. No, was yeah. Mark Brunel? I think was the quarterback back then. And Blake Bortles brought him to they, one. Yeah, the championship. Yeah, surprisingly, oh, yeah. And they, they, they should have beat. They should have yeah. beat. But that wasn't 1996. No. I had hair in 1996. Yeah, although he was old. Oh, last thing. Hold on. Next time you have Matthews on, can you tell him it's time to come home? You, you want him to shave the head? It's time to come on home. Oh, no. It's time Cabral to come Cabral Richards. What do you mean? On national TV. It's time to come home. As a bald man who has shaved his head 
on national TV, I lost my hair as we established. But yeah, the, you lost your hair while you were on television. Yeah, with I was like, uh, I'm the modern age Bobby Hall. Uh, Jesse Rubinoff decided to throw out the tweet earlier today. You guys grabbed <laughs> yes, it. Yes, we did. You yeah, threw yeah. it out there. Yeah, this was me. You can't tell someone when it's time to oh, come home. Okay, fine. Okay. Well, well, then ask could, him when, he, it's, when it's the right time. If he, if he was my dude, I would pull him aside and I would say, homie, it may be time to come home. Yeah. But is Okay. Oh, wait, but even if you're like part of that fraternity, you still can't do it? Great question. Like if I like if we'll I let, told someone Okay, we'll let the audience That would be really bad. Should I have No, the audience sometimes are are, are treacherous. <laughs> I mean right. there's some vultures. Will you out stick there. around? Sure, I'd love All right. to. We'll we'll discuss this during the commercial break. If you feel like uh Maybe you have a say on whether or not I should tell Austin Matthews to come home. Let us know. Uh, last call next. Tim and Friends. Copy stick on. Tim and Friends continues with Carell Richards in studio and last call with Hello. Jesse Rubinoff. I, I don't know that I can tell Austin Matthews okay. to come home. Okay. Well, you can ask him. Yeah. I asked, I asked Austin Eckler last year, like, when he knew it was the right time to come home. But he had already and shaved. He had already shaved. Yeah. But then I, and I showed him some photos of other dudes that need to make the business decision to come on home, yeah. like Michael Jordan famously did, and make bald heads cool. Right. Like Braun, KD, Phil Kessel. Mark Messier. Mark Messier. Tim McAlpin. Did you add Phil Kessel to that? I added no, Phil. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. But no, I'm not saying I... Phil Kessel is as great as Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying Phil Kessel might need to make that business decision to right. come on home I, uh, out there in Vegas. Yeah, he, he, someone needs to tell Phil Kessel. <laughs> Although I think he's just embraced it. Did you tell Ryan Getzlaff at any time that he needed to go home? Uh, no, he had already, in, I think it was 07, it was starting to thin, but by like 2010, remember, like it was a, the real estate had grown on the oh, back. Yeah. It was showing everybody in the line and when yeah. they got their their medals and yeah, he, I think he knew. I it think by fair. by eleven. Uh, by the way, I think if, if you were interested, you may have flipped already. But Canada beat Spain. They were down five Let's three go. in the third set. This is a live look. Canada, Spain, now on top of the group is Canada as they upset Carlos Alcaraz and Spain. Felix Oje Aliassime with a big win over the world number one. And Canada doing damage at the Davis Cup. You can see it all weekend on the Sportsnet family of channels. <laughs> All right, last call, Jesse Rubinoff. Sticking with Canada, as we begin last call, Canada's men's soccer team unveiled their roster for the upcoming World Cup warm-ups against Qatar and Uruguay today. Tejan Buchanan and Jonathan Osorio are dealing with injuries, but both were named to the team. The most notable absence is Captain Atiba Hutchinson. The 39-year-old has been dealing with a bone bruise, and there's no guarantee he'll be ready in time for the World Cup, which begins in just over two months it's taking a a long time to 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 progress so i mean his his progression plan is end of october that's that's uh what we've targeted it's a tough tough situation for him because i think for all of us it just means so much to to the team and if anyone you want to see at a world cup it's it's a Tiba hutchinson so you know, we we're saying our prayers and and just doing everything we can behind the scenes to uh, to help them. Timmy, how disappointing would it be if uh, T. Hutchinson? Uh, remarkably disappointing. Uh, I got this stat earlier in World Cup qualifying, and that is, if Atiba were to play in the World Cup, he would be the second oldest non-goalie to play in a World Cup behind only the famous Raja Mila. 
who right. scored goals Cameroon. for Cameroon. In right. Nineteen ninety. So if Atiba played, he would be the second oldest on this list among non-goalkeepers. And Cab knows this. I don't buy jerseys of dudes younger than me. I have an Atiba Hutchison jersey because he is that dude and has been that dude for that program. I would be uh, heartbroken for him if he doesn't make the World Cup. You can also flip it around, and you know, if he doesn't go, then you're, you have an inspiration to play for. That's one way to spin the narrative. Yeah, I mean, the guys are Herman's probably want to be there. a master motivator too, so he'll probably figure out a way. To he'll he'll figure out a way, but let's be honest, this guy has put in work going. When this team was not good, he showed up every bleeping time. For him. Yeah. And the first time that they make it to a World Cup, he could be feted the way he would be feted to not be there. Uh, it would be heartbreaking, but that's my guy, so maybe I'm a little bit biased. No, that's dope, man. That's dope. All right, let's go to the WNBA Finals, and with their backs against the wall, the Connecticut Sun beat the Las Vegas Aces 105-76 last night to force a Game 4 in the Best of 5 series. Connecticut's Alyssa Thomas recorded the first triple-double in WNBA Finals history in the wow. victory, Game 4. Work. Go Sunday as the Sun will look to send the series back to Vegas for a winner-take-all Game 5 of the Aces win. It'll be the first pro sports title in Las Vegas history. Cab, as a former Vegas resident, what do you think a championship parade on the Strip would look like? Oh, oh that's interesting. Goodness. Wow. Would it would it make it all the way to Circa? Like the downtown? <laughs> like this, when you guys go to Vegas, the Circa Casino, like that pool, the they call it Stadium Swim, right. is bonkers, bro. Oh, but it, but like at, but the the parade in in Vegas. Would they go down the strip? They'd have to go down the strip for a championship parade in Vegas. Yeah, I, I would. I would think so. I, I'm not. Could I'm not sure. Right now, it's like strip? Raiders, and then and then Golden Knights. Could you close down the strip? Well, they're going. To, well, next year with the F1, which would be, like you've seen the, the course yeah. looks sick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, that means Mark Davis gets a championship too if they win. Yeah, <laughs> if they win. I think he yeah. should. Someone should tell him that he's got to come. Yeah, I think he gets ten dollars, either ten dollar cuts or hundred dollar cuts for that bowl cut. He's yeah. no, that's that. That looks like ten dollars. But he might pay a hundred. Yeah, hair CC or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the Super Eagles, uh, Philadelphia Eagles to be specific. Receiver AJ Brown made quite an impression in his debut with the team with ten catches and 155 yards in their Week One win over the Lions yesterday. Eagles cornerback Darius Slay. Made an interesting comparison when he was asked about his new teammate. See, I know y'all seeing with the dark visor, swole, and you know he just looked like a swole Batman. Y'all cannot tell me he looked like a swole Batman. Devontae is a skinny Batman. Quez is a fast Batman. So they got we got three Batmans on the team, but we got one swole, one skinny, one fast. No Robins. We don't got no backups. No Robins. We got no sidekicks. We got nothing but Batmans. You know what I'm saying? They boys fly, letting them fly. Very good. Great clip. I love that. Who's your favorite Batman cat? Uh, favorite Bat? Well, it's Christian Bale. He's he's the best one. I mean, th- those are the best three uh, Batman. Maybe arguably the best three comic book movies. But Dark Knight number one, and I even like the one with Bane, which everybody hates, but I, I like that one too. Not Adam West. He's <laughs> like the consensus number two. Michael Keaton. Mm, is there a consensus? Val, it's, Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's right. not Clooney. I'm going to get this last not one. Clooney? It's, it's no. uh, ridiculous. The term fighting in a phone This group. is wild, bro. Yeah. I saw this on my phone today. 
What's happening, dude? Okay, JS is going to explain it. A Russian fight promotion is taking uh, fighting in a phone booth literally, throwing fights in actual phone booths. They battle it out wearing only hand wraps for protection, and a winner is declared when one of the fighters surrenders. If you two got in a phone booth, who surrenders first? <laughs> oh, that's you have a history of fighting. Yeah. Easy, history. But McCallum is a southpaw, so like it, they say styles make fights. So like Floyd Mayweather smartly ducked Manny Pacquiao forever mm. until Manny Pacquiao was 75 years old. Yeah. But with McCallum, so I'd, I just have to like, you know, I'd have to just You'd win. Fight. I'll give this up. There's this no way crazy. for me to be. Yeah, there's no way for me to be. Fish hook Man, illegal. Like yeah. slap, illegal. Fight, slap fights. Fighting in ten in a phone booths yeah. like the that's, Europe, man. That's toxic Damn. masculinity right there. Oh my <laughs> god! That, like, no, what, that's where you work things out. What? That, that's how you work things that's, out. That's yeah. where you work things out. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, that does it again for those looking for the Jays and Orioles. It's on Apple TV Plus. Uh, but we got the rest of the AL East and the wild card covered for your viewing pleasure. Uh, we won't talk until Monday, but instead of playing the old "No, you hang up," we'll just leave you with a smile. Because it's Friday, then it's Saturday, Sunday. Thanks, Cap. My pleasure, my dear. Friday. Then. It's Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday. What? It's Friday then. It's Friday, Sunday. What? It's Friday again. It's Friday. So far, who is the MVP of the Jays season? And I realize that there is more than one correct answer, Mr. Showman. However, we will yeah. scrutinize anything that you say. Well, of course, that's that's what we do at Tim and Friends, which is why you have so few friends. But <laughs> you have a, like a, it's like a shine. You're, you're like an angel right now. You're like Oprah. You notice the light on your head? It's gone now. If you lean forward, there it is. Yeah. Oh, look at Oprah. It's coming off your screen. That's right there. I see the light. I do it. Yeah. Just, just give me the light. Hold on. You ate eight hot dogs. Eight dogs at Wrigley. Hung over. Side? Yeah. But doesn't yeah. that make it worse? Though? No, because the part continues. I had, I had highlights in my hair. <laughs> you also had highlights in the washroom a little later on that night. <laughs> 2001, did you have a soul patch then? Oh, I had the soul patch. I remember your soul patch in the turtleneck. You were a big turtleneck guy. Uh, don't bring up the turtleneck. Oh, look at that. Look at that. You look at, like the fifth guy who got cut from 98 Degrees right there. <laughs> what does he do sing. for a living? Wrong answers only. The, music, the music is so good. Yeah. Magician in Vegas. <laughs> what does this guy do for a living? Mike says, plays extras on sitcoms like Friends. <laughs> hoping is. his breakout opportunities just to run the Yelling. Angry. Raising my hands a lot. Specific point of view on things. Backup singer. <laughs> that, that's the winner. I'll be your dream. I'll be your wish. I'll be your fantasy. What does he do for a living? Wrong answers only. <laughs> Lead singer in a Nickelback tribute band. Look at this photograph. Barani says, stole my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. What?